and welcome to the Thursday Show. This is your weekly tournament rundown coming up for the best tournaments, the biggest tournaments, the brightest stars happening over the weekend. My name is Paul Murphy, your host, and I'm joined by the ever-prolific and wonderful Adam Camilleri. Only because I learned from the best. Hello, Paul. Welcome and happy to be here. And the yawning void to my right. <laughs> yeah, the, the blank slate. It can be whoever we want it to be. It's the friend we made along the way, our imagine, imaginary bestie. If you are joining us here on the uh, Competitive 40K page, uh, we are a weekly show where we do talk about the big tournaments coming up over the weekend. We talk about what army lists you're going to see there, some of the players you're going to encounter, uh, some of the lists that you might encounter, and also we talk about what's gonna, what it's going to take to beat them and who we think may take it down. Uh, yeah, we've got, we've got an interesting week. It's, a, it's, it's really cool to see the, the game in full force again, like full flow. Every week we're just drowning in mages and GT level events. And this week was a really hard one to pick, wasn't it? Uh, well, it absolutely is. And also I want to want to point out that uh, last week, you know, we kind of encouraged the Death Guard players to, to bring <laughs> the A game uh, over the last weekend. And Death Guard brought down best overall at the Battle for, Battle for Salvation. Uh, the, you know, combined battle points, appearance, and stuff like that. I saw the pictures on Instagram. Uh, looks absolutely amazing. And thanks for putting it out there. I'm sure the other Death Guard players had some success as well, but I got to see that and see the army. It was absolutely awesome. Fantastic. Um, and Death Guard just in such a strong representation consistently. I mean, I think the last top table they had prior to that, there's a, I'm looking on um, 40k stats, by the way, where if you want, you can track all this stuff, all the top fours for your faction. September was the last time they got a podium. It was a fourth place even, so it wasn't even a, a true first, second, third podium. That was at the Twisted Dice Devastation. Um, and then they had a couple of podiums in, in August, a huge amount in July and June, but man, like, just one in September, very few in August, and a they managed to squeak in one in October so far. So pretty happy for them. If you're playing in some of the events we're talking about, or you're, you have some events upcoming, you'd like us to, to uh, talk about, throw it in the chat. Uh, happy to hear about it. If uh, you're bold enough to post your list in the chat, if you're going to one of these events, let us know what you are taking. Uh, so we're going to talk about the, the crucible nine. I want you to try to pronounce the city, Adam. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Crucible nine in Kissimmee. It is Kissimmee. Yeah. That's so trying to yes. throw you for a loop. Cause you know, mm. Mm. Yeah, well, you know your boy, because I struggle horrifically with pronunciation on the spot. It's, real, it's like my one weakness. And the October London Open. What are these running tournaments in London till, you know, till somebody other than Adam Mac wins? What are they doing over there? Yeah, well, well, the London guys are just like, well, we're the only people who run events in London now. Everybody's out. We're out. We're doing us and Hellstorm going to lock this whole city down. Just rolling major after major after major. Um, there was like I think there was four or five major events this week, but we picked the two ones um with the most numbers, I believe. I think there was just a few less at some of the other events, uh, or a oh, few I'm more here or there. Kidding, of course. Glad to see people uh, getting back out there and stuff. I just it's cool to see the, the an active scene, especially you know in a major city like that. Well, spot on. Things are really starting to pick up, and the, like Orlando's becoming a bit of a hub as well. We had the we got Crucible that's been held there. I think this is the eighth or ninth year they've held it in a row, and then of course they had the the Games Workshop event there earlier this year. So man, they've, they've gotten some real nice cities here, there, and everywhere. Some capitals in some states that are really getting some hubs going. Yeah, um, of course, I, I know the folks that are there helping together uh, Crucible and have been done in the past. Actually, great folks. If you're, you can get to that tournament, it is a long-standing tournament. Uh, lots of mm. personalities come out there. A lot of a lot of, a lot of locals play there. It's going to be stiff with competition. Exactly right. Now, if you think this weekend is crazy, you wait and see what next weekend is going to be like, mate. Next weekend, we have SoCal 
We have a Goonhammer 120 player event in the UK, and we have Stud or uh, Snotling or Stud or Scrub, which our lovely man Dustin, who's like the blank third party, uh, is going to be running next week. So three like majors to you know reaching for that super major status. It's going to be a really really big weekend this week as well. But let's jump in. You want to get some quick and dirties going for for Crucible? Yeah, tell us what we got happening at Crucible. All right, let's bring up those uh, quick and dirty stats to see what's going on. Because so, do you remember last week, Paul? We just had. I don't know what happened, but Sisters was just the most represented faction at everything. There was just Sisters, Sisters, Sisters. Yep. And it's it, it, it's so weird to see that the next week, that is not the case, at least at least for Crucible to start off with. Because it starts off with only three Sisters players, which is like, that is literally 10 less than from the, a similar event last week. It's yeah, I mean, we'll, we can talk about it in a second, but I wonder if, if folks are abandoning them for other factions, you know, like the Orcs are yeah. know, more defensive well, so- list. Either that or it's like a rotation because not a lot of people can go to, you know, a GT or major one week and go to another one the next week. So maybe it's like next week or the week after all those sisters players will be back and they're just on a bit of a, a cycle. Um, but then we have four custodies players, two admech, which is well unders, zero Astra Militarum, seven Grey Knights and three Imperial Knights, totaling nine Imperium lists, 19 Imperium lists rather, sorry, of course, because we break out the Space Marines. But um, what do you see there, mate? I mean, zero, zero Astra Militarum. Let's hope we see that change next week or the week after because Octarius is dropping. But two Admech and three Sisters is well unders. Custodies having more than both of them. And Grey Knights, but more than both of them put together. Well, I mean, talking about it very plainly, at these competitive events where people are trying to bring their best list, it's either you have to be the Admech or beat the Admech. And maybe we see people that have thought, you know what, I have Admech's number. I'm not going to play them. I'm going to bring what, what takes them out. But then... If they're not there, what what are you doing? Yeah, exactly right. Well, so it was touted by Games Workshop. There was a MetaWatch article that came out literally yesterday stating that at the G, the last GW event, which was on GW Terrain, I can tell you, I believe, and I'm quite certain that Crucible is also playing a Games Workshop Terrain format, and AdMech only had a 48% win win percentage on that terrain, on that setup. And so maybe people have just been like, well, I, I didn't crush at the last Games Workshop event I went to. I guess I'm playing my Grey Knights, my, my Custodes for this one, because they'll just go well on every terrain. I like that, that we see some Grey Knights. I'm actually surprised we have not seen them performing a little bit better. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, well, it's, so I think they are the A plus faction at the moment. If I had to call it, there's the S tier guys. That's that's um Admec, That's Drakari. And then like we've got Grey Knights just waiting in the wings. Wings. They like brutalize everybody else, but just hit this ceiling when they go into. I think Admec especially, um, but also uh, also Drakari because at least Drakari, all their weapons feel good into Drakari. Um, but there are some things that just don't feel right into into admech like rust orcus with that can turn on things like um fights last and you know additional saves whenever they want it essentially yeah exactly right exactly right and so you know you're shooting a stormbolter into a a lucius uh vanguard model and you think this should feel good and all of a sudden they're taking a two up or a three up saving like this does not feel good does not feel (laughs) as good as i want it well so right now there are kind of untested like there's nobody out there that i think is really correct that code on the gray knights uh that says this Mm. is the the list that's going to give me a a, you know, a, a, a puncher's chance in every single situation. Uh, and so I don't know if there's, and there may not be that, that one mm. take all comers type list in there. Maybe they have to be kind of specialized and pick their shots. Yeah. Well, we, we called it quite a while ago when we looked through that, when you and I looked through that book, we were like, Hey, dread knights are phenomenally powerful. They're incredible, incredible, incredible. But my God, the power armor, man, the power armor models, just pick whichever power armor models you want, chuck them in your list. They are going to be good. And um, I think we might end up seeing that 
uh, maybe a couple of weeks, couple of months from now, if they start running into some some larger problems in the meta. Um, but jumping yeah. down from there, well, I think the- also psyche powers. I mean, we talk about when we get to the thousand cents too. Is is it? I don't think anyone's really diving deep into how do I overwhelm my opponents in the psychic phase. Mm. And these things are incredibly. These two lists that we're going to talk about, or at least factions we're talking about, are capable of doing it. And I don't see we've seen anybody lean into that yet. Yeah, well, exactly right. The 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 Grey Knights and T Suns coming out at the same time kind of did a disservice to both, didn't they? Because they kind of each other's check and balance. If you put them head to head, the. Uh, in, in that in that situation, a lot of the time, the T-Suns has a little bit better durability because they got invulnerable saves across the board, but yeah. where they get like half of their damage from, because they're usually kind of a 50% shooty, 50% uh, psychic with a little bit of melee, um, half of that damage just doesn't that, it doesn't work that well. A third of it gets gone, and that's if it, gets, if it doesn't get denied. So they kind of butt heads a bit. And we're seeing the Grey Knights have come out on top as it sits right now, because Grey Knights just, are just faster. They're just a bit more dynamic, which just turns into more points at the end of the game a lot of the time. Um, but jumping down to the Marine Super Faction, zero people listed themselves as Adeptus Astartes. Thank you very much. If you are like a Raven Guard successor, just list yourselves as Raven Guard. Don't, because you know, I'm a special Snowflake Space Wolf successor. You're Space Wolves, okay? Um, we've got three Dark Throwing off the math. <laughs> yeah, three Dark Ages, two Space Wolves, two Blood Angels, zero Ultramarines, one Iron Hands, zero White Scars, um, zero Salamanders, three Death Watch, and zero Black Templars. I hope to see a Black Templars number, you know, flip up this is in, surprising. The, in the near future. Just the fact that yeah. there, there are this few Marines uh, at, uh, in attendance at all is very surprising. Because typically, yeah. you know, look, we're, we're talking about, uh, there's there's a variety of people that come to tournaments. If you're new to tournaments, mm. there's, you, you, you find people that are there for all kinds of reasons. There's some people that are playing, uh, you know, the no fat, exactly what they think can go all the way, win every single one of their games uh, with, don't have, you know, with no particular consideration for the lore or faction or whatever. Mm. Then you got people that this is just their army. They really love the way this yep. is. Uh, and so they're, they're going to bring that. You got some people that have, I really, I painted this one unit last week and I want to get them on the table. <laughs> you know, mm. so, so you got those well, kind of folks. Yeah. But this I, is, I, I, that's why I expect to see more space Marines. Well, I think that's what we're down to. I think we're down to the dedicated players because I think everyone else is, has, you know, gone to greener pastures or decided that they need a break from Marines. I mean, because dedicated Marine players have been playing Marines for a long time at this point, unless you're, you're constantly picking up the next supplement after and after, in which case you're probably getting pumped up for Black Templars at the moment. But um, yeah, zero, zero White Scars I always found interesting. I always expect to see one or two White Scars at every event just because I feel like they're semi-evergreen. Like you can always, like the same as Blood Angels, yeah? A, a smashy Blood Angels angels list is just going to be fun even if you get your ass kicked okay it's just going to be a good time white scars are not the same as blood angels and blood angels are not the same as white scars but you know what i mean like they're an aggressive fun dynamic army even if you get your head kicked you have tricks you feel like you're doing something like oh i'm about to do this i'm about to do this thing and white scars are capable of doing things on the table but you're absolutely right. That total, only 11 out of 74 players. I usually expect to see about a third more than that. We usually expect to see like 16, 18 Space Marine players from this player pool. So them dropping off is uh, pretty indicative of some shifts. Um, jumping down to the Chaos Super Faction. Zero Chaos Soup, zero Chaos Space Marines, zero Renegade Knights. We've got sixes for T-Suns and Death Guard and another Donut for Demons. Interesting, like usually there's a perennial, like you said, Paul, there's a there's usually a one or two faction specialists for Demons and Chaos Space Marines in every meta. And it's just interesting that I think those have been homogenized now. It's either you're playing T-Suns or you're playing Death Card. If you're a dedicated, holistic Chaos player, I'm assuming. 
I'll save my comments for the very end, or at least expound on this, but I think we're seeing a very mature meta here in, in the Crucible, in, in Florida specifically. Uh, and so some of these, I think some of the folks that may might have taken more casual list are filtering towards more of the ones they think are going to be aggressive or going to give them uh, that, that puncher's chance we were talking about against some of, some of, some of the leaner list. Yes, yes, some of the leaner lists, absolutely. Um, do you think, so having having called a couple of the games on the G-Dub tables, do you think they help or hinder um, demons specifically? Because I thought it would have helped demons. Well, so demons are one of those that you see right now, they're, they're, they don't seem to be making a huge impact unless they're playing a very specific type. If you're playing, you can hmm. get by with the lower toughness models. You can get by with a lot of board controls. Like what we saw, uh, I think we, we were calling it like the Zinch carpet, you know? Yeah, <laughs> the, the fiery carpet yeah. uh, of models. It was doing incredibly well. So you, you hear about like, this is the terrain, this terrain, that. But what it really does is it it gives you actual firing lanes, and it and I think mm. it really helps assist. And you know, certainly not maybe the only way to do it, but the best way I've seen so far uh, of developing mid-board or later game strategies. You don't have to necessarily bank on getting all your work done in turn one or two of the game, you, you will be able to actually explore yeah. a strategy and, 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 tr- and try to, you know, manifest to actively work towards that. Exactly. And that's because you're usually your deployment zone is so well insulated that you're not just going to get gutted turn one or turn two. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the, you know, we saw like the flyers come and make a huge big impact because they, you know, they take that out of the equation. The flyers oh, exactly. uh, <laughs> allow, allow for that. So we'll see a shift in that. So there's, you know, there's this, there's this cycle of, of uh, if you increase this environment where that is a factor, then players doing what we do, will figure out ways to mm. make it less of a factor. And in, in what we'll see it would, these codexes that we've talked about are ones that have, you know, active and, and viable ninth edition, full on ninth edition codexes. Spot on. Uh, moving down to the Xeno super faction. This is actually quite healthy. Um, five Necrons, six Orcs and a single Tau. Now that single Tau is like hundred percent more than we usually see. So that's good. Uh, but six Orcs is very healthy and five Necrons is extremely healthy also. Although the Necrons actually feels a little bit under it. Maybe we're getting to a point where there is this kind of, plateau happening for the necron players out there and they're they're, they're down to the diehards possibly because we got are. some demons sounding off in the chat and i do i think you can play demons but i think you've had to look at more of the uh uh you got to kind of flood the board i think and that's that's where you want to be fair enough and that's um s and s nigs two eight yeah seven four yeah well, welcome thanks for joining us dude but yeah demons it's it's an interesting spot um because I think they can do a lot of really interesting things. I still think they have the most durable point-for-point unit in the game, being Beast of Nurgle, for 30, 35-odd points. Like, five wounds with a 5-up, five 5-up five is just nuts to chuck on an objective, especially it's got a, a heroic intervention on top. Wow. But it's funny. I just see them... Well, I think I think Admech are a big pain for them. I think the fact that Admech can spam Strength 5 weaponry um, and better... Uh, means that those 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 things aren't quite as reliable. You just need that two up or one up save. The things like Terminators bring, um, which unfortunately demons just don't have any access to. Even a three up save outside. Yeah, that's that's why I think you yeah. got to kind of go in favor of just more bodies uh, to to mm. do these types of things and and hug the train. Uh, Matthew Nurgle, I'd love to get a little uh, demon on Blood Angel Showdown one day with you. Oh. Let me know. Be very nice, uh, but yeah, six orcs, uh, which is extra, a good representation for orcs, and you know we expect orcs to be on the up and up um, as more people coalesce and get their hands on some of the newer stuff. I mean, kill rigs have only just hit the meta, and I think they're a phenomenal unit. You I think we're going to gonna see, see some? Uh, well, I, I know there's a, I know there's a gentleman bringing two in one of his list, and we're going to be yeah. talking about that one a little bit later on. But onto the hive mind super faction. It has, I don't know why I've got a total of five lists here, because there's uh, zero Hive Mind, three Tyranids, and zero See, GSC. So I've got your Auspex scan blipped up like, oh my god, there should be two more lists here. 
<laughs> the room. Um, yeah. So, uh, but you know, three nids. That's actually pretty good for nids in the last couple of months. That's probably a couple. It's usually we see one or two, to be honest. So three, cool. I hope they do really well. Um, and maybe this is another way because the GW terrain might be giving them a bit of a leg up. Things like Hive Guard are just that much more well protected. I just made an '80s TV reference, and Adam ignored me. Uh, did it, it bounce right off? Turn movies, so not TV. But uh, <laughs> what, what, what was it from? Was it from? Oh no, aliens! Uh, they're uh, they're they're reading their their uh, scanners. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, they're all like, around us, man. That's inside the twenty right. meters. That's inside the room. They're inside the walls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hudson um, and the last of our super factions. This is the Aldari super faction. Two mixed Aldari, six Drakari, one Harlequins, zero Crafter, zero Asurani. A total of nine lists. Um, the six Drakari is about on par, and I'll, I'll point out to people the fact faction um uh podium for this event gray knights most represented faction at seven and then you have a three-way scrum for second place orcs with six lists drakai with six lists uh death guard and t and t suns all with six lists so four factions have a nice homogenous six lists each and then gray knights with the seven i think that makes for a really interesting meta guys like usually we would see you know 13 sisters, 12 Admech, 12 Drakari, and it'll be like, well, Drakari or Admech are winning this. But I think you see those numbers might... in a 50 person tournament. This is a 74 exactly. person tournament. Exactly with this, right, this, uh, list diversity. Yeah. Um, spot on. I think I think uh, this could be a really, really interesting event. Yeah. I like how Kara Quinn says, you know, how many of these folks are going for best in faction? Like how the True. freedom, the freedom of the Tau player to just be able to roll it. He <laughs> could basically just do whatever he wants. Yeah. I just left that objective. Who cares? You know? Yeah, yes, but I mean, the best in faction is such a, a nice feather in the cap for literally anybody. And even like getting a podium of best in faction is a huge achievement. A top five is a huge achievement. Well, I got, I don't know how close you've come with uh, Blood Angels. We should do this for a challenge one year, mate. We should be like, I'll go Dark Angels, you go Blood Angels, may the best man win in, yep. in the faction ladder. Just um, how many podiums is, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I won Best in Faction for Guard in Australia twice, and I made the top five over, I mean, the year Brandon Grant won the LVO. Um, I, I got, I think I was top four. I can't remember if I was top five or top three. Probably top five, seeing as how how big that LVO was. But um, yeah, I hang my hat on that. I think that's a big deal for me. I, I love that I managed to do that with that with that army. When oh, it, it is prime. a big deal. And look, and I was, you know, of course, being a little bit tongue in cheek about saying going on autopilot. There are people. That, I mean, like we talk about you know why why you even come to these things. What you're playing. What mm. you're getting your mm. getting your your five games in over that weekend or more or whatever. Maybe the only games you get that month. So play what you want to play. Like play exactly, what you what you what you're passionate about. And brother, you're a huge advocate for this. If you need to grind on a faction that's not doing great, find the ways, find the means, find yep. the things that are clubbing you and just grind into them. Figure out the little one or two pointers that are going to make the difference. Look um, deep into in the your overall codex. Score. Take things yeah, that, look, oh, oh, Vespids, so everyone's going to tell you, don't take Vespids. Well, Vespids, you know, might have won me three games because I was able to get a late game objective or something. Like just, yeah, you, you, you play it how it lands with your codex. And I love, I love the players. The players that, that spend that kind of time with their codexes are more dangerous than almost any mm. other player out there. Then that's the category. You've got the, the people that play 40K three times, three games a day or whatever. And then you've got the diehard yeah. people that play the faction for 10 years you know, or more. Yeah. You know, that's, that, exactly that's, right. that's the rank. That's the predatory, you know, the, like mm. the hierarchy of, uh, of who I don't want to be fighting out there in the jungle or whatever is, uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, great point. Well said. Um, moving on to the top players in attendance. Um, John Lennon. I mean, so this is Florida. This is art of war backyard. So unfortunately, 
all four of the, the top players in attendance are from the Art of War team, and but whatever, that that they're doing well. That's where they're at. Um, and but they're all bringing different lists, so that's why I'm not too afraid to talk about it. We've got uh, John Lennon. He's currently ranked number second in the USA and number second overall. Brad, the old Manchester, having just taken first place from him in the ITC rankings for the world. But he has taken a little bit of an interesting choice. He's taken Imperial Knights to this one. He's taking a three-blade three lance with uh, three Majeras, three Armaga Warglaves, and a single Moirax. Now, Paul, are you familiar with how this, this three-blade lance works? Uh, no, tell me about it. So usually a free blade, uh, what you get when you take a, a free blade model is you get, uh, instead of you give up like your craft bonus, your Tyrannus bonus, your essentially your chapter bonus, and instead you get a, a burden and a, a bonus essentially like a, a pro and a negative and you roll leadership at the start of your turn if you pass your leadership test you get the bonus part if you fail it you get the bonus and you get the downside at the same time um now but what the free blade lance lets you do it lets you double up and triple up on those things i think you always could double and triple up on them mm -hmm. um, but you were limited on how many free blades you could take in a unit um in an army but if you if you combine them with this um army of renown and you take all of the the both trees you can then start doubling and tripling up it's the same as um very similar to the Drakari combat drugs. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some cool things you can do on the Megaras if you can triple them up. If you can take another little, enough little Armagers, the Freeblade Lance will let you take two bonuses, two benefits and one downside. Um, and then you get to do exciting things like all three of John's uh, Megaras have uh, objective secured, which is huge, and get a free reroll every battle round. Be, that can be a hit, a wound, a damage, or a saving throw. And that saving throw one is where where it's really, really key. Um, and and this is combining a... a lot of rules here. You're talking about things from yeah. the, the Imperium, uh, the Compendium, uh, yep. the, the um, Campaign Book, not... yep. you know, uh, and the Codex the, itself. The... Was it Book of Rust or Book of... I think it was Book of Rust. Yeah. So yeah, Bo Book of Rust, the Imperial Knights Codex, and the uh, Imperial yeah. Armour Compendium. So dig, all dig combined. deep on this to get a yeah. lot of rules here. Yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting list. I'm, a, I'm actually a big fan of it. If I was playing Knights right now, I think this is the way to go. Um, and yeah, it, you don't, it doesn't matter. You, you've off, you've offloaded all the bad downsides onto your little Knights that you don't really care about. And so all your big Knights just get extra, extra, extra premium. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, I'm a huge fan of this list. I think it'll do very well. And um, was it Knights that did really well? Was it at Orlando or was it at NOLA for G-Dub? Because this is G-Dub terrain again. Uh, Nicely, really well in, in New Orleans, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, obviously John is on that train. Now I will tell you a little bit of the insight on John Lennon's psyche at the moment. He's semi burnt. He's getting a little bit burnt out. If he put putting his nose to the the angle grinder of competitive 40k for for the whole season so, so far, and he's, he's second in the world. Um, but yeah, he's decided uh, he wants to take. You can't ease up. Well, so it's not it's not so much easing up. It's the fact that he can take his foot off the pedal because this event. Even if he wins this event, it's not going to replace any of his scores, so to speak, for the ITC. So he just has he just has a bit of freedom in that in that slot to take. Hey, this is an army I've just always wanted to play. So that I'm may explain the knights. The knights are amazing, especially the, the knights are ones. So if you are traveling to tournaments and endurance is an issue for you, or you feel like, oh, I'm just going to be worn out if I'm moving the, these 120 models for six, <laughs> seven games or whatever every every round. I mean, uh, knights take a lot of that away from you. Well, and true, but, but, I mean, he's in his early 20s. He, surely he doesn't have that excuse like us old farts. I'm just talking about for the folks out there that may be thinking about, oh, I, I don't know how to get into this or my, my orc hoarder or whatever is, is I don't look forward to moving that around. Well, you know what? You, yeah. could, you could do a, a, a Stompa and some, and some Gorkonauts and true. still play yep. orcs and, still in the, and get you e through the weekend. Either that or get a very good plank regime going. Plank. Two, two or three minutes a day every day and so you can play your Orc Horde for like yep. a nine round event. <laughs> it's just a reality. Next up, fourth in the USA, we have Jack Harpster playing Blood Angels. He's your boy. He's your boy, Paul. Yep. Um, single battalion detachment, 
Dante, Sang Priest, Primaris Chaplain on a bike, uh, a couple of Incursors and Intercessor Squads, yep. a Sangard Ancient, of course, 20 Sangard in a unit of 7, a unit of 7, a unit of 6, 5 Death Company, which I believe have Thunder Hammers, and then 10 uh, four Vanguard of the Thunder Hammers. This is the same list that he took to uh, the Orlando Open for the Games Workshop oh. uh, series events. And even uh, like the list was copied and had, had not the exact same success because never take out the, the skill of the pilot, you know, and, and other some random factors as well. Mm. But skill of the pilot has a lot to do with it. Uh, but he did incredibly well with this list at that at the Orlando tournament. Mm. I expect to do incredibly well at this at this tournament as well. Oh, it's going to be good. And it's, it, this this is the prime example of the list that I said that even if you get your teeth kicked in, you're probably having a good time, right? Oh, you are. This something because your tricks go off. Like, oh, I get to four yeah. fury sometimes. Oh, how mm. sweet is that when you four fury with four death company uh, thunder hammers coming across the table? Uh, and then, of course, all the all the tricks you can do with the sanguinary guard. But well, I will say it's it's even more satisfying with the, with a terrain layout that's it's conducive to actual maneuvering, moving with a purpose. As our as our as our buddy Red says on, on FTN. Mm is that you can maneuver around and it and when you're maneuvering with close combat troops or troops that you know you know need that positioning power and, and your skill to be involved to keeping them on the table it's in, it's very satisfying yeah like n- nothing feels as like you've reached like flow state then your all your movement phase just setting up for your fight setting up for yeah. everything everything just flows on beautifully and just like ah life is good um and yeah like i said white scars and blood angels just seem to do that the best space yeah. was to a different degree depending on which units you take um space was i mean they're on the rise i know like i think like, yeah are, wolf man. priest uh, crawls in, in the chat wolf priests are on the rise do not count them out they have so many little tricks and abilities uh that allow them to do those out of phase things that's why i actually expected mm. to see more you know for in the in the in the roster up there but you know absolutely hey. right i i keep thinking i'm gonna see more space wolves than like white scars than blood angels and so far there are there are there are zero white scars two space wolves players in this event so that's holding true but um yeah it's a, just a different tool set the space wolves have than any other aggressive marine faction and it's really exciting and maybe it's a, maybe it's a medical maybe people are like i don't think those things get as much activation here because they're expecting less sisters less admic whatnot maybe they know more than we do seeing things from the, the eagle eye perspective um but yeah i keep expecting to see like space wolves explode because i look at their i look at their tool set i'm just like this is just this is good this is good this is good this yeah. is good you know it just well, keeps when going. you can make it so when you can get that close quarter ability so they can there some of their tricks start to fire off like the six mm. inch heroic intervention and you know it just really makes them you get more value get the get the value that's yeah. intended out of them because you're able to maneuver better with them and make them factors later in the game so you know just take that uh, savvy space world generals out there there is hope but let's jump down to this next list i know we're we're, we're burning through time or whatever but let's uh you know nick Nanavati. Yeah, your boy, your 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 second chair or co-chair at the GW events. He's tenth ranked in Australia in Australia in the USA at the moment. <laughs> he might um, be tenth ranked in Australia too, man. It could be could, playing could all be. over the place. Who could be? Absolutely. Uh, he's playing Grey Knights. He's got a patrolian of uh patrolian uh patrol of sword bearers and an outrider of Prescient Brethren. Uh, patrolian. That's a patrol and a battalion put together. I'll coin that phrase from now. That's on. only that's four. That's four CP. It is. It's for, you get, you get for, uh, you've got a Libby, a Grandmaster Dread Knight, some strikes, two regular Dread Knights, a Techie. Next attachment um, has an, a Grandmaster Dread Knight as well. 30 Interceptors and the last of his Dread Knights. That's five Dread Knights total, two Grandmasters, a couple of strikes, and 30 Interceptors. This Remember when I said fearsome. a couple minutes ago that nobody's figured out what the Grey Knight code is? Nobody's leaning hard into the Psychers. Nobody's, nobody's mm. doing it. I think Mr. Natavati is doing it, and we're going to see if it's if it's got the legs. 
see, this is a weird one, yeah. He's not leaning that heavy on the Psychic. He's like, the Psychic is the cherry on top for having a good shooting, good combat list. And he's just taken, like, literally, this is just the best stuff in the book right now. Dreadnoughts <laughs> and Interceptors, mush. Off we go. Enjoy, enjoy. Yeah, that's actually one of the one of the things that, you know, uh, I they were, they were good for a period of time, and I think now they have come back. Uh, and it's an easy swap for the kit. Like if you have some strike squads or some purifiers that you aren't, mm. you know, weren't using before, snap those ma- those uh, backpacks off and put the put those pokey ones on there and legit. Chances are you've got you've got a bunch of the pokey ones sitting around. Just ch- chop off the pokey bits if you yep. want, and just a little bit of super glue that you know paint them nicely. A little bit of super glue on top, and no, no, I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't complain. I'd be like, just oh, yeah, backpack off. If you use that's plastic, true. That's if you use plastic blue, then you got a you got mm. a, a bigger hobby project on you. If you use yeah. uh, super glue thin or whatever, there's a few go for for next week or the week after. Is super glue just a better glue for night for for the modern era of 40k? Because you want to snap arms off and stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, how much of a pain are magnets? That's a good fuego topic. We'll, uh, that's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree there. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is just a good list. This is just going to smash like. Five dreadnoughts, thirty thirty interceptors. It's just so strong. Yeah, I, I think this yeah. is this is incredibly well prepared uh, to do well mm. with what's out there. Like they're basically it, just to kick is basically it, is everything it, out there. So, so next up we have uh, Mark Perry, who's 18th in the USA right now. And of course, for those who don't know our format, we will pick out any of the lists um, of players in representation that are in the top 20 of their respective ranking. So this this event is, is in the United States. So we picked out anybody in the top 20 of the United States rankings and, and did a little synopsis of their list. Mark Perry's ranked 18th. He's playing Orcs. He's got an Outrider and a Patrol. What would those to be put together? An, an out, out pat. I don't know, um, of freebooters. He's got a KFF mech, three scrap jets, three singles, um, a unit of commandos, two dragsters, shock up dragsters in singles, two kill rigs. This is, as I pointed out this before. That's two, the change two... in his list here. So, so obviously I yeah. had to scoop out some things for the kill rigs and the kill rigs. They are dominant. I, th- this, this list is also going to do incredibly well. I expect to see this list in the finals. Mate, for their points, I think they are amazing. Um, he's going to got two Wasbon Blaster Jets. His next attachment starts with the Warboss on Bike. A unit of Beast Snagger Boys. Ten Burners, two units of five Burner Boys, which I think is really cool. And three Rocket Trucks, a unit of two, and a unit of one. Yep. Um, this list is savagery. Yeah, I like <laughs> it how it has it just, there. no matter where you look, you're going to see just threat, 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 yeah. threat, threat, threat. You know, there's there's almost nothing you can do to take that pressure off of you, uh, in, unless you start eliminating his entire army, which we we know can happen. Uh, there, there are some things some things that can get through the orc defenses, uh, but you know, is it present at the tournament? Is mm. does does he need that night player? Does he need John Lennon to take him out to stop from going to the running the whole way? I predict Perry yeah. and Nanavati in the finals. Nanavati's obviously going to come out on top, uh, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be. A knockdown drag out the slobber knocker. Spot on. Now, I when I saw Kill Rig start to come up on the scene again, I had to have it, go and take another look at their profile. They got sixteen wounds with toughness eight and a three plus armor save. Just, yeah. just, just you know. And then they've got a swathe. They've got a trample capacity, which of course is where his burner boys are going. He's got a, probably five five or ten zero. Um, they open top so the burner boys get to shoot out, which means you know if you're playing in the mirror match and somebody flies a Daka jet too close, bang, burner boys just knock that guy out of the sky. Um, really, really, really good. And of course, the commandos go in the other one, and they've just got a bunch of bunch of stuff they can get plus one to hit. They move twelve weapon skill three plus, plus skill five plus, of course. But man, I just think they are such a value pick. How many points are they again? Because I remember looking at them and being incredulous. I'm just going to like thirty five points or something. But uh... 
<laughs> no, they're they're pretty modest if I remember right on the on the points cost. I think they are a value option. And yeah, we get we got a call yeah. that says, um, don't know what I feel about this list. And I and I'll tell you, uh, with Mark Perry's list, there's you can look at a Mark Perry list and, and be like, I have no idea what this is supposed to do. So the fact that you mm. can look at it, know what it's supposed to do, know he's a, he's, a, he's a great player. I think it's going to be dangerous. And that's and then, you know I'm combining the list with the skill of the player. Um, I know it's going to be electrifying to watch. So just to let you know, when this list goes first, there is a good. Uh, I want. I want to see. I want to get these, the the freebooters archetype list out. And I want to ask the Falcon, what is this win percentage going first? Because I think it's something absurd. The amount of damage this thing could put out turn one, the sheer wet, like density of DACA it has, is obnoxious at times. It can be really hampered by like a super and ultra dense table. This thing really actually starts to get some problems just deploying on certain tables. I'd actually love to see how it would go in the scouring on that like small compact deployment and just see you try and place all these models because it is a big footprint army but uh yeah like it, the more the better the terrain is the kind of more this gets hamstrung but the surprising thing is it's very mobile it's actually very yep. mobile you, you talked about firing lanes at all this list makes really good really good use of them um, yeah, or doesn't need them in some cases exactly right so if I, so you you're you're going to pick the winner nick nanavati if he attends uh, apparently someone in the chat has mentioned he may not be attending versus mark perry and you think the gray knights are going to take it uh i do I do. Fair, if that, if, fair, if fair, everything fair. stands as it is, I think it's going to be. That's what I think. If the final is going to um, be, and I think it's coming out on top. Dustin, well, Hitch, enough, uh, I want to let's get Dustin in. This is welcome to the show, Dustin. Oh, he's muted. You're muted, mate. Look, we're adding lots of complexity to this. If you're if you're hanging out with us, thank you very much for listening and watching. Uh, we're we're <laughs> actually gonna we're gonna do some fun stuff here in just a second. We're gonna take oh. a break for our world from our sponsor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're we're in the big leagues. We have we have an ad to roll. Well, yeah. Dustin gets sorted. Sorry, out. Adam, I, I jumped in there, but I want to make sure that folks, if they weren't uh, if they weren't watching, they knew that we had uh, uh, our man here. At Frontline Gaming, we make the best tabletop gaming mats in the universe. Our mats are durable, rollable, foldable, wipeable, and storable. Oh, and they look damn great too. Join the thousands of tournament regulars and garage gamers who use our mats to bring their gaming surfaces to life. To ensure quality, Frontline Gaming mats are custom made one at a time. Printed with high quality ink, our immersive designs stay crisp and are available in a wide range of styles and sizes. So whether you're playing a war game or skirmish game, whether you're fighting over an alien tundra, fantastical forest, or real world setting, there's a great looking battlefield for you. Our gaming mats are printed on extremely durable neoprene backing, so they won't slide around the table, and they're thick enough to stay flat, protecting what's underneath and allowing for slight uneven surfaces. We know from experience that an easily portable gaming surface is just better. Every mat comes with a sturdy nylon zip-up bag for storage and transportation. Whether your next battle is in your home or at the local game store, you'll be able to unroll your FLG mat and get gaming right away. Our products are all made and tested by passionate gamers at Frontline Gaming HQ right here in the USA. It's time to take your battlefield to a new level. Frontline Gaming, champions of tabletop. Look at that. Please check out the sponsor. I mean, that stuff is great. Um, Use some of it myself uh, every now and then. It looks awesome. I own a couple of them, Matt's. 
I own like, all of them. By the way, surprise uprising! I'm here. Hey, with my coming in for that. We actually, you missed that. We had a whole bit to where we had two phantom lists on Adam's count uh, for the hive mind and, and forces of the, of the gene stealer. We, we couldn't find them, and we just assumed it was. Uh, do you know, was you know what? It's because they're only blips. We got close enough, and they just disappeared. You're not going to be able to, not to see them unless yeah. they want you to see them. This is this is the whole <laughs> thing of GSC. I I know. I literally just finished playing a game with my pure GSC against some Drakari. So I'm I'm in the mood for some GSC boys. Oh, uh, so Love we're going to talk about the the London October London Open right now. Uh, this is a, a dense scene. Great players in attendance. I think it's going to be. <laughs> I think we got full. Oh, I was I was murdered for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> London, so the UK scene is a slobber knocker. It's knocking me down with how vibrant it is at the moment. Yeah. Every week, it seems like they've got a major every week. It's not a big place, guys. Putting it out there, it's quite small, but they have such a diehard, dedicated, and prolific scene that every week, just week in, week out, major GT, major GT, it, it's a good time to be alive for yeah. the UK player. 64 players here. It's a uh, major. Adam, if you want to run down quickly, what, what we got there? Quick Jody stats. Something uh, Imperial... a little bit more uh, familiar in the Space Brain section, but we'll get there. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Imperial Super Faction. Again, only two sisters. We saw, we've saw we seen just like sisters explode last week and then are just very quiet this week. Two Custodes, five Admech. This is usually what we would expect to see. Three Grey Knights and zero Imperial Knights, totaling 12 lists. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Grey Knights probably around three lists is a little bit unders. I expect them to be around five, the same as Admech. And we know from, from recent months, uh, the UK is like Admech Heartland. That is like the binary Admech zone right now. Is the killing zone? Skatari <laughs> running rampant. That's fair. Um, and then, so j- jumping down to the next, we have the Space Marine Super Faction. Five Adeptus Astartes, four Dark Angels, three Space Wolves. So yeah, five people didn't list their Astartes faction, guys. Get it together, letting the team down. Um, three Space Wolves, zero Dark Angels, zero, so zero Blood Angels, zero Death Watch, two Iron Hands, one White Scars, one Ultra Marines, zero Black Templars once again. Two weeks in a row, uh, sorry, two events in a row, zero BTs. <laughs> I Were think Adam should see- just be able to assign people's factions to them if, they, if, you, if you just go as adeptus astartes whatever adam says you're playing that's the chapter you're playing for that <laughs> that's, that's now it's more so black templars may not be uh allowed to be used you know it, uh, it's, yeah sorry yeah. so that's probably where we're, we're seeing uh zeros on there well you're exactly spot on we saw the same thing with the orcs the orcs actually dropped off before their codex was actually formally released i mean we still so the the black templars you know pre-release stuff isn't out until this weekend so they'd have mm-hmm. to be letting in people who bought the sp- special box set because the actual official release isn't out because putting G-Dubs it together you know, the day of or whatever it's a... <laughs> yeah exactly it's just not going to be a thing so i'm not surprised by that but i'm surprised yeah. we still didn't see one or two people just getting their last shot to play with the old supplement before before it goes to well, as a pasture let's talk about this iron hands you know two iron hands either they're long-time factions or they're or they're taken for the things because iron hands well we saw they have have the ability to kind of hang they hang man they absolutely hang especially in the uk the uk is, is the the if i was to call the the three things or two or three things that the uk has um in their meta or describes their meta they have prolific admech and they have prolific use of iron hands and death watch lists that seems to be their two the two things that their terrain tables their layouts seem to excel of course admech excels everywhere but especially in the uk it just freaking dominates um 77 win chance in the, the weekend previous to this one for admech in in the way that they went at those events crazy oh, wow. crazy like above and beyond anything we've seen for a very long time yeah um seeing a call in the chat bust out those death watch yeah I, exactly why right. bust, bust out the death watch for sure um now jumping down to the chaos super faction 
two chaos soup, one chaos space marines, four T suns, five death guard, one demons. Still, once again, a nice little bit of homogeny. Five, uh, five death guard, four T suns, sitting pretty prime there. Still, you know, I always expect to see one demons, one chaos space marines. In fact, I think I called it in the last review. I'm like, I always expect to see one diehard for each of those, and then a couple of chaos soup players. Um, total of thirteen. Uh, players there which actually is pretty you can be pretty happy um like the, so technically if you take the space marines out there is a there is one more chaos player than there is in imperium of imperium players 12 to 13 it's kind of nice i like that but you know i think you add, can still make a case for things you know like abaddon uh and noise marines and there, there's some tricks in chaos Dude. space marines for sure for sure if you are willing to dive into the tech and stick and just stick detachment together like you're not starting with many cp but you can get one of the deepest toolbox lists in the game by by just smashing out all the chaos awesome chaos stuff alpha legion is still very strong iron warrior is still very strong um Black Legion have some of the most unique stratagems. I think one of the most unique stratagems in um, Destroyer of Worlds or whatever it's mm -hmm. called, where you turn off other people's obsec. Like, yeah. Just, just if you can just pull that off, if you're good enough to just pull that off, that's just like a game winner sometimes. Um, yeah, I really, really, really cool. Uh, jumping down to the Xenos Super Faction, two Necrons, four Orcs, Donut for Tau, and six total lists. Uh, Four orcs, I think, might be on par or a little under to what I thought I'd see here. Um, I thought I'd see, you know, five, six, seven. Four might be a little bit less. And two Necrons, I mean, I think that is just, unfortunately, the ass has just fallen out of Necrons in the UK. Um, they really struggle to hang uh, in that mode. But what do you guys think? With Necrons in general, I feel like they... We've been saying it before, too. Necrons are very strong, and they actually do have some play. I think... London, the meta there, they seem to struggle a lot with the things that they're starting mm. to see there a lot more. Admech is very prevalent in London, I've found. And Necro Necrons into Admech, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. It's, it's rough. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. you shoot it's, longer. It's you shoot farther you with better weapons. Shoot okay, longer, yeah. better, yeah. stronger, yeah, yeah, yeah. faster. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> orcs on the other hand, so, like four orcs. I think that, I think I think that's on par. I think that's about right with the number mm. of people there. No, that's fair. Any thoughts, Paul? I'm curious as to what the composition of the list are. So, so sure. starting with like the thousand suns there that from from the previous faction breakdown, or the yeah the the cast brace brain is like, what are they taking? Are they are they leaning mm. heavy into the forge fiends? Are you know are, are the dreadnought bodies or whatever? I think that you're you're if you're taking those, then you're going to do well, but you may not be doing as well as you could be if you if you leaned into it. So I'm curious as to if we're going to see some thousand suns break through if they, if those are longtime players and they're trying new things. Mm, yes, yeah, spot on. All right. Uh, moving on from there, onto the hive mind super faction. Zero mixed hive mind, one nids, one GSC, totaling of two lists. Dusty, how many how many little tears you got yes. rolling down your cheeks? No, there's one there. There's a pure GSC there. I'm happy. <laughs> Are you kidding? We got so many donuts for GSC. Who is this guy? I gotta look up this guy's name on BCP. You are a hero, and I love you. You are gonna, you're gonna do so well. Do, do us proud. A legend, a legend of do the us uprising, proud, buddy. Do us proud. Love it. Uh, lastly, Aldari Super Faction. Uh, two missed Aldari, seven Drakari. I think I th I'll, I'll do a little quick look back now, but I think Drakari is the most prevalent faction in attendance. Um, one Harlequins and two Craftwell. So it's actually really healthy Aldari Super Faction here. We usually see around the eight nine. We're sitting at twelve at the moment. I, I'm pretty happy with that. Happy to see it but um what are you guys thoughts why why do you think we'd see more eldari here than otherwise and i will confirm um the faction podium is uh drakari straight after the other thing is admech and generic adeptus astartes at five and then it's death guard equal at five t-sons at four and orcs at four for our, our top three super Look, factions I, in attendance i know nobody wants to hear this but harlequins are still good they are dude yeah. they are uh, yep. And and uh, Codex Craftworld Eldar have a lot of indirect fire, 
So depending on mm. what you, you expect on you seeing or how they're doing terrain, indirect fire is a winner. Is it could be an absolute game winner, uh, and the list that can pack it are going to do well. Mm. So obviously we can we can kind of assume that the Drakari are not that. They're just fast moving. They're going to get over there and get in mm. your face. Harlequin's the same way, which are both aggressive lists can do really well. You're going to win a lot of games just in the fact if you move your models the max inches towards the enemy, you're going to win a lot of games in this edition. Well, I, I had a close friend of mine who has a friend of his he's trying to get back into the game and he asked, he said, Adam, you know, you keep your finger on the pulse. What what faction would you jump in? If you were starting the, fa- if you were starting the game right now, what faction you would jump into thinking it's going to, you know, play kind of the same or f- forever? And mm-hmm. I said Harlequins. Small mm-hmm. model count. Yeah. So small model count army, small uh, number of units. So you don't need to go out and buy three of like 20 different squads. You just get like 30 troop, a couple of transports, a couple of bikes, a couple of characters, and you can make just about any list. And the thing is the way Harlequins play, they, I think they're good on just about every table setup we've got. I think they play the, the game. And yeah, the they give me so fast. Way. I exactly. can just get over that, move over that. They have rules that let them ignore certain things and... Exactly. They play in such a way that I never think they're going to be bottom tier in this in this rule set, unless the rules completely change um, for 10th edition. I think they're just going to be a good evergreen middle to upper upper middle or top tier army. That I don't think that they're, they're just not a faction that I can see the, the ass falling out of because yeah. the way they play the game is just good. It's just good. Solid. Yeah. Yeah, they're good in every um, every iteration of it, like like you're saying too. And I, I I can speak a little bit to why we don't see as many mixed Eldari or uh, Assyriani as much anymore, because they have ridiculously good out of line of sight shooting, like really good Dark Reapers mm. especially. There's just the meta right now because of all the planes that are in the meta, all of the orc out of line of sight shooting that will kill all of these things really easily. Oh, because uh, are you, so public, you are standing not going to get the ground. Movie, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, planes are so so. If you if you can like. Th- I think it's easy to look at some of the stats on the planes and and think, okay, maybe these are not where I want to be for the points or these weapon profiles yeah. are not exactly where I want to be. But when you factor in, when you give that that additional thing that's not on the page about their base size, where you can move them, how mm. far they can move, how often they can turn, and that kind of the fact that you can take bring it, you can take them off the table and bring it back on later on. There's so many things that are beyond whatever it is you believe that point premium to be. If you've got a what what you what you rank as a decent flyer in your list, you kind of I think it, you almost got to be asking yourself why aren't you taking it? Yeah, mm. the, the, the flyers right now they're. They're hit and miss for a lot of reasons, but I think a lot of people just look at them all oh, the kill power or they just die. But you got to remember too, a lot of flyers are not going to score your points in terms of like your secondaries aside from you know engage on all fronts. But you got to think that those flyers, while they're not worth shooting at, a lot of armies they don't want these things flying around shooting their back line. Mm-hmm. If they have dark reapers and stuff, so now they're shooting at something that isn't really valuable to you. But needs to die, otherwise yep. it's going to kill them. So yeah, it's going to remove their ability exactly. to interact with the game. Mm. All right, jumping down, gentlemen, to the top players in attendance. A the top gentleman is Nassim Forshane. I think he's fourth ranked in the UK. Um, apologies if I've butchered your surname, mate. Um, he's playing Iron Hand successes. So perfect example, Paul. We get to unpack one of these. He's got a patrol and a vanguard. But they're successes. They're born heroes, whirlwinds of rage, of course. Um, and what do you see there? The reason people are doing that is because it's a great melding of the inherently good shooting and durability increasing uh, things that iron hands always get and then you add born here as well into range and all of a sudden you just add this little explosive melee ability onto it similar to what um space wars do of course you don't get the doubling down of that explosive ability that space wars do but you get this good baseline shooting ability that you just can't underestimate sometimes the list starts off with a lieutenant unit of infiltrators three a unit of three company vets a redemptive dread 10 devastators two units of five each one of them has three grav guns and a multi-melter and 
and the Sarge has two chainsaws. I wrote that down with lulls on the end because I think it's cute. Um, a unit of eliminators, and it has a drop pod, of course. Um, and then he has uh, two land speeder storms, a tech marine, a Volkite contemptor, fifteen vanguard vets in three units of five, and yep. six eradicators. This thing, uh, this thing slaps. This thing slaps real bad, real hard. It does, and I, and what I d- did not expect to see from some lists the last couple of weeks was how the devastator squads are actually doing something. They're they're mm. on the table. They're doing things. Yeah. And that was, I mean, I want to say it's surprising. And this this player has obviously figured it out and is going to use it to great effect. Absolutely right. I think the grab is really coming back around. Um, do, do, it, it procs off against things like um, Admech, doesn't it? When you have the, especially the planes having a three plus save, this is a very good counter unit. Drop pod down, two units of devs come out, or you you know you have one starting on the table if you can keep it safe, so you don't lose two in the return fire. Uh, then you can put down two three planes pretty yeah. pretty well. You got so many little... multi damage weapons that they get yeah. around people's neg one damage things or whatever. There's there's yeah. And just the fact, but it's one of those things like how much firepower do I dedicate to digging things out? And they can just move mm. if they need to and get in a position, come yep. through, come they, the infantry keyword lets them just scoot on through a building and oh well, you know, then now you're dealing with it, with the uh, business end, all this firepower. Spot on. Now, the only interesting thing um, I didn't see in this list, as soon as I see a unit like six eradicators, I expect to see an apothecary. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm taking a 310 point unit of beefy toughness five boys. Is, is that one unit? Yeah, well, it's a six man. He can he can divvy it up to to two three man. Okay, uh, so that's um he's got the four heavy melters and he's got two multi melters in that unit, which I think is the right way to do it at the moment, especially when you give him a couple of um you mitigate some of the issues with the the minus one to hit through some of the clever things that um iron hands get. He's like um, I'm yeah. iron hands. I'm not taking any wounds anyway, so just <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I'm just gonna boss it on the chin yeah. on uh, the chin. I'm I'm falling a little bit out of love with apothecaries and a lot of builds just because if you're having like small MSU units. A lot of the time, they're just going to die. Like if they're yeah. getting focused down, they need to get killed. Like your apothecary now is more like a punishment to your opponent for not focus firing enough at this point. I think. Well, exactly. It punishes them for for a poor choice. Just as soon yeah. as you have a poor choice and you Mind don't you, do enough, well, do nothing. Exactly. And like a Dark Angels list where you're like spamming Terminator or something like that, then like you're you're getting your well, exactly your completely. But a lot of the MSU style lists that I still see apothecaries in that confuses me because like I was mm. saying, if you're not killing that unit. Uh, well, you're already, so you're already in a bad spot. <laughs> the apothecary is just like, take that too. <laughs> I, yeah, see, I've dropped off apothecaries in a lot of my aggressive lists just because I find it's hard for them to keep up, unless I'm playing Dark Angels in a case he's on a bike and can buzz around. Mm-hmm. But with things like White Scars, Blood Angels, and what well, Pork yep. can probably speak to it better with Blood Angels, having a Sang yeah. Priest is pretty Absolutely. necessary. Um, and because you can put him on a jump pack, he makes jump pa- The plus. jump pack uh, it gets rid of a lot of that stuff. Yeah, The, the yeah. jump pack is a big deal. And that's why I said Dark Angels too, because having him on the bike is also a big deal too. Yeah. Right? Like a move twice if he needs to. <laughs> well, exactly right. As soon as you put both units of devs in the pod, you're like, well, I can't drop near the apothecary because yeah. then they go over there. <laughs> and, you know, then, you know, what's the point? So, yeah, I, exactly right. So I just wanted to unpack that for people because a lot of people at home might be scratching their head, like, why isn't having an apothecary? Very mm-hmm. good reason. Um, Very good reason. All right. Gents, next of the gentlemen in attendance, we have Brody Middleton. He's the 12th ranked UK player. He's playing Eldari, so it's great we get to unpack one of these as well. Right. He's got a spearhead, um, oh. which is craft. So spearhead of craft worlds, expert crafters, masterful shots, um, and a battalion of Harleys, which is soaring spite. He has a Farsia, a unit of three shining spears, a unit of five warp spiders, nine dark reapers, three into three with the um, tempest launchers, as you'd mm-hmm. expect. Yep. A lynx. A oh lynx, yeah. First time I've seen this bad boy since seventh edition. What? Um, really? A single night spinner. Yeah, yeah. I, I first first one I've seen. It's got um, a nice cannon. Good. 
It it's a big, nice big fat, fatty cannon. Big D um, cannon. <laughs> Shadow Seer, Troop Master, 20 troop, 40 into 5, each one with fusions and an embrace, and 4 Star Weavers to buzz them around. I actually really like this yeah, list. It's got the mobility. I, I told really you, like you push things forward, and anything mm. that's a hard target, yeah. Oh, oh, somebody brought knights. Well, this link's going to handle that. And of course, he's, mm. he's maximizing his uh, his out of line of sight firepower, which I think is, as we mentioned, absolutely deadly. Uh, the knight spinner is, is pretty good. The knight spinner can basically sit outside of line of sight, in, and as long as you can, mm. you've got something to hide its tank profile behind, then you're going to get consistent damage out of it every single turn. Well, you think about the 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 size of the ter- the terrain necessary to hide your line of sight battery for that unit, and it's literally one tank and nine twenty five mil bases. It's not hard at all, and yep. you've got this beautiful line of sight battery that's in your back, into your, your, your first away thing, and it just sits there all game. A couple of buffs here or there from a Farseer or or putting Doom and Jinx if you're going to be moving up the board, screened by the Harlequins. The only thing I have never got my head around of is. Um, whether or not all the fusions are worth it, or whether or not you know maybe half of them should fusions, oh, or maybe oh, even no fusions, and oh, just and just more oh. units. See, I, I don't, I don't know though. I, oh I'm not God. an Eldari no. player. Hundred <laughs> percent. The if you're see, I will say this. Generally, you want to go into one or the other. Putting both weapons on Harlequins is usually a waste because you want them to focus on points. one job. On one job, yeah. and usually, if you're taking fusions, if you get in a spot that you need to fight something in close combat, your your combat weapons are going to do just fine. Like, if like your so regular old just blades are going to do fine. Exactly, the regular old blades are going to be fine. But fusions in the soaring spite with those boats flying around, oh my god, are they ever worth it? They are, <laughs> yeah, because so good. Like they're not a hundred percent consistent. I get that, but when they work and they're on average, they should do work. They just they kill what you need to kill. And they have so much That's mobility. Fair. <laughs> I um I suppose as a as a Dark Angels player, I've always just been like, ha, you wasted points. Okay. Bring them well, on. Come on in. Let's come when on, come is, on. When you're <laughs> getting wounded on fours by these melters, sure. I that, guess uh, you can, I guess you could argue it's not worth it. Yeah, this <laughs> list is not one I come up against uh yeah. inner circle. I no, don't think it does not. True. It definitely does uh, not. Well, we're actually we're running short on time, so I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep us going. I, I do want to spend. I think this list, if you're building Eldari, uh, the links may be questionable because it's a big boat. It's gonna be hard to hide. I but I mean, it's probably his love. It's probably his love affair. Yeah. Like, I love this model. Yep. I'm playing this I, model. This is yeah. I, I Otherwise, but I, if you, I, if, everything in this list is good. You know, and the, and the list, exactly the links right. is probably good too. As as a links owner myself, uh, I you know would would certainly uh, welcome another chance to use it. But I think that's that's where um, he could just be taking it for exactly what you're talking. Having about. a destroyed one on a blood angel base doesn't count as owning it. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> just well, to point that yeah, out. It's yeah, on yeah, my yeah. titan. It's on my knight painted to look like from the blood angel legion. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, good. okay. So, all right. Last, last uh, gentleman of renown in attendance from the rankings, at least. Uh, Tom Maidlow. He's 14th ranked in the UK. He's playing Drakari, Triple Patrol, but it's not conventional. This is a gentleman from the uh, Real Space Raiders um, podcast, I believe. Please go over and support them. Amazing group. Um, it's uh, Poison Tongue, Black Heart, and Artists of Flesh, the minus one damage coven. Um, two single Urgles, an Archon, uh, unit of Treeborn, two Raiders, a medium sized quarter of the Archon, um, another Archon, a unit of Treeborn as well, so it's two units of Treeborn, unit of Warriors to go along with, um, two units of Incubi, two units of Hellions, uh, two units of Raiders, so that's four Raiders total now, a Homunculus, three units of Racks, two times two Talos with Heat Lances, yeah. and these guys have minus one damage on them, so they actually become pretty fearsome. That's interesting. I almost think feel like you should go on heavier on the on the Talos and stuff if you're going to include them at all. Uh, but That's what I keep thinking. Yeah. Like I always see yeah. all these two by twos, and if you're going to go that heavy into the minus one damage stuff, 
You should bring more. I feel like you should bring more. I get they're expensive, and you, with Dark Eldar, you have such an MSU power. You kind of want to mm. spread it out more. Do you really need more than that? No. But, but well, you're leaning into it. This is a linchpin. It's like, okay, yeah. well, while you're trying to deal with all this other stuff, all these scalpels on the on the side, this is just going to go up there and get me some points or mm. or take you off some points. Well, I can That's certainly true. tell you the thinking by um, some of the players that have, have made these choices. You see, you see a lot of units of two Kronos, and now we're starting to see some um, Talos come into the mix as well, because people have found that people's melee units can just kill three Talos. Like an uber melee unit can just go in and kill three Talos. You, you could probably speak to this. Um, without the minus one damage, of course, if they're dark technomancers, a unit of a fatty unit of Sangard kill three Kronos. Yeah. They just go well, in. I mean, they kill most things. Dead. But I'd say um, Vanguard Vets, a five-man unit of Vanguard yes. goes in there. Uh, hey, well, you know what's really good at killing Talos, guys? Rock cutters. GSC, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Uh, uh, I love I love it when PJ's not here to spook Slanesh. <laughs> Dustin's here to spook. I got GSC. this. Don't worry. I, I, I'm filling the gap. Yeah. That's what I'm here to do. It's, I fill it's, gaps. It's the, it's the it's the seesaw balance of our podcast. It has to be this way. <laughs> there must always be. Um, but that and so, but two Talos or two Chronos still do enough damage to justify taking them. Especially two Chronos, they still do most of the damage. Hell, a lot of the time, Chronos go up and they kill people's screens, kill people's little objective holders, and then really get in the way and be frustrating to pick up in return. Whereas you could push out a dedicated that same dedicated melee unit that will go in and kill three it still hits that break point that you need to send that, that same dedicated melee unit to go and kill two yeah because like a one unit a one point. small unit yeah. won't kill two but a big unit will overkill three and so a unit of two still does enough damage to get the job done it needs to do and also the other issue is they only have two heavy slots in the damn patrol because they would take three units of two if they could i guarantee that right, fine. I thought we were gonna have a good discussion nailed that. This, but you just you just come in with so much freaking logic there. Yeah, and it's just like okay, I guess we you, let's move on. I guess we I, let's you, nailed that. <laughs> Comprehensive in a nice little package. Comprehensive. That was that was that was bang on. Somebody's thought um, about so, that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, somebody did. And um, so, gentlemen. Who do you think's taking this one? Because we actually have a decent Eldari um, representation. We actually have decent, like, good amount of Marines as well. And hell, we have a decent amount. So the, just the, the super action breakdown, 12 Imperium, 16 Space Marines, 13 Chaos, which is legit, 6 Xenos, which is on the lower side, 2 yep. GSC, just, just, sorry, a hive mind, just happy to be there, and 12 Eldari. So it's actually a good spread. With the saturation of Drakari, I think Drakari are going to be the list that, that take it. If I'm, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm picking just on saturation of, of armies and what, and what is there, if I want to go with my gut, like this is where I feel like there's not even a single Blood Angel player there. <laughs> so I'm going, with, I'm going with the Custodes. Yeah, yeah, Whoa. one single custodes player. One he is. Player. You are the TPM, you know, pinned champion of the of the event. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> I will go. Ah, oh, yeah. Look, Drakari probably going to win this, but I'm going for an orc player. Orc player, go for it. Do it. Wow. Make it happen. Orc player, eh? Dustin, what you think? I, I'm, I, I have to lean towards Drakari. I, I want, I want to go away from it, but mm. it's just. With what I'm looking at, the faction breakdown and the list that I've been seeing, Drukari. Yeah, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Harvey House is where's Dustin's uh, tank top. Uh, next episode, if you're just tuning in for the first time, we will all be sleeveless. Nice. Yeah. I like really? your oh, okay. voice. Join I'll, me. I'll make sure to do Join that me. next time. 
I'll I'll join in. Uh, I'll we'll see see how anybody comes back. But um, so now we're going we're going to a segment. Uh, see how we end up every one of our shows called the Fuego Repeat. We put up a list of uh, five topics, sometimes four or five topics, and then we run them down. We give ourselves two minutes to uh, expound on them. And then once those two minutes are up, we're done and we move on. No matter where we're at in the conversation, go on to the next uh, next topic. As you can see. Uh, up here at the Fuego Rapido. I'm going to start it off as soon as the clock starts ticking. Do win rates actually matter? Uh, Dustin? Do you mean win rates in like tournaments? So you're talking about how to rate factions? Does the stat of a win rate, the fact that it even exists, does that actually factor in to how good a, a particular codex or, or what the outcome of a particular game is going to be on any, any given Sunday, as it were? Okay, good. I like this. I like this question. No. No, it doesn't. Ooh. There are Ooh. so many factors at this. There are so many people at so many different levels of so many tournaments, so many different factors in there. Win rate does not matter. I'm sorry. There is there is a little bit of fact in there, and it, and it kind of helps you kind of gauge it a little bit, but because there's such a wide variety of players in different places at different skill levels playing it, and if you're tracking all of these win rates, it's not, it's not factual. I'm a stats guy. So I want it to be real. <laughs> the way the way the 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 hobby works right now, I just don't I don't feel like it's it's value. Not, you not, heard it. He's a stats guy, and the numbers don't matter. Adam Camilleri, right. what you got? It. I so I think it does a little bit matter more than what Dustin says, but it is not the be all end all. Some people like to believe it is. It's a good way to get an indication of game health, to get an indication of how good and how well this game is going or the polarities or who, who's at the bottom, who's at the top, but it is not indicative of one faction being alive, one faction being dead, unplayable, not playable, etc., etc. A ninth edition, eighth edition has been a great, a great additions for playing whatever the hell you want. And mm -hmm. it being pretty damn enjoyable most of the time. Yeah. But when you get when you get some like you know last weekend, Admech had seventy seven percent win rate. That has to well, be indicate something. So I agree with Dustin, and I don't want to split the hair or whatever. Is the fact that sample size and what you're looking at, mm -hmm. like you can use that number to enforce one thing or take a take a temperature of one single point in time but i do i do mm. think that it, it doesn't really matter because there's so many factors and there's just yeah. changes that, that can be made that sorry we're out of time that not yeah. everybody might, might want to make uh pause, to, pause to, on to my side thing. that's all, that was the important thing uh, uh <laughs> tr coffee this is uh the, this could be a div divisive here well you go ahead go ahead adam you, you, you got a cup in your hand. Tea. Just I, I, I was a coffee tea. man. I was a I was a beautiful Italian espresso coffee man for twenty six of my thirty four years on this earth, and now I'm straight up tea every day, all day. I would drink really? tea nonstop. I have a I have a glass of Earl Grey every single morning because that's what Picard would do. But that's not why I do it. I do Earl it because I, like I was going to ask you. I you had Earl Grey hot. <laughs> Earl Grey hot. Yeah. Hot, hot Earl Grey. No sugar. Straight black. That's it. Love it. Uh, I'm I'm coffee all the way. I I mean like, of course we're from the south, so we have sweet tea. Uh, but this warm tea is like, what on earth is this? You know? <laughs> Why would you do this to yourself? You know, <laughs> maybe if you're in a hotel and you've exhausted all of the uh, the little coffee packets, you have to you have to have something. Well, see, that's my issue. Yeah, crappy tea is better than than crappy coffee, in my opinion. I, I, a beautiful, 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 lovely, like espresso machine made coffee is better than tea, uh, generally speaking. You are a weird man. I'm a strange man. I'm well cultured. What, I, I can't I say don't the same know if that's, you, I don't know if that's true. 
Oh, we got uh, the war mistress Sorry, agrees but... with you, Adam. Uh, so well, you, you got, got somebody least, on your team. You have at least one person on your side. At least one person on your team. Okay, yeah. I can, I can oh, see that. I appreciate, that. appreciate you, Tanya. Okay, I, uh, I. It depends on the day or the time of day because I drink both. In the morning, I drink coffee. At night, I drink tea. In fact, I have tea right now, but in the morning, I'll have coffee. So I like both. It just depends on what my mood is and what time it is. You know. Ah, uh, see, I'd rather just have water or nothing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not kidding. I'm just not. I'm not that emotionally invested in it. Is what I mean. You, that, you seem pretty emotionally that invested. That's my actual opinion. Emotionally invested. Emotionally that was that was pretty hard. But if like you were sitting next to me drinking tea, I'm like okay, maybe I want some tea. All right, Black Templars. Will will Black will the new Black Templar Codex make an impact? Hey, we have 40k question now. Okay, good. Who do you want to start? Uh, so, Dustin, we'll start with you because I know Adam has has feelings on this. Oh, he's biting his finger right now. He yeah. wants to speak right now. I small, small. Opinion. Will they make it? Well, every single codex that comes in new will always make an impact. It's a matter of how long it takes it to make an impact. I think because Black Templars are not one of those armies that people are going to run to pick it up and be like, "All right, I'm going to start dominating the meta." There are hidden tricks in there. It's not going to be a pick up and play and dominate the meta. So it's going to take a little while for it to start adjusting the meta. I don't think it'll adjust it drastically. But any codex that comes in will definitely, definitely hit it somehow. At least, at least impact something. You think any any ninth edition modern codex is going to have have an impact and, and, and influence the game itself, Adam? However minor or major, but I'm going to yield the entire rest of the time to you. What you got? All right, here we go. I'm sitting okay. Down. My analogy is that Black Templar will hit the pond that is the 40k meta, make a big splash, and then all the ripples will settle to a glassy sheen. And you'll never hear of them, and then they'll resurface in about six months from now. You rehearsed that, didn't you? Uh, yeah, so, I'll be sitting there. I was, that's why I was biting my finger. I was like, "This is a good do analogy." You, do I'm you gonna... think <laughs> uh, that, that they actually will when they'll make that impact to where they will spike to where enough people so, will, will will change what they take uh, to come and deal with that to, to force them out need... for a bit. That the tools that they bring don't have a great level of functionality in the current environment, the current meta, current meta, because the meta right now is polarized by speed, which is one thing that they don't have. And also, the meta, their, their book is polarized, is, is really bunched around um, increasing the durability of medium level durability units, so um, which isn't in a Land Raider Crusader all the way across the table. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can lose a third of my army turn one lovely um but i'm still gonna do that but um yeah i think that i think that the meta that they need isn't the meta right now but i'm hoping fingers crossed three to six months they'll be really nice all right here we go this could actually be so i want to hear some folks in the chat too uh what is the best warlord trait in the game oh my god Mm, i have an opinion me me and paul went so uh, Richard, our producer, put this in, and me and Paul went like through like four or five codecs, each being like, "This one's good, and this one's." Good, I don't have any prep good. for this. <laughs> I, I think gloaming bloat is probably the best warlord trait in the game. Be able to turn off free rolls. That's uh, so, yeah, it's an uncommon ability. It's not just a one-time thing. Is it if you if you're mm-hmm. around anything that influences a, a game mechanic, a game mechanic that many people rely on to do things, I think is very powerful. Okay. Fair. I my one is uh, the Lucius Warlord trait, Luminescent Blessing. In your command phase, you collect one Lucius Coriant within nine inches of the Warlord, not three, not six, freaking yeah. nine inches, and they get transhuman for the turn. I think that is ridiculously bonkers. If it was three inches, I'd be so much happier because at least they're like you're chained together. Um, but nine inches just gives this so much freedom, and it's so uber powerful. 
got some sound off in the chat. All the space will trace the rights of war. Is a con- it's a good call. Right rights of war. It's, it's a good one, because you know you just get obsec for everything that's around yeah. it, which is obsec is always powerful. I wouldn't call, say it's one of the best though. It's definitely like a must take though. I don't know <laughs> well, I mean that puts it on. Is. You know, that's up there. Dustin, you got, you got something? You got thir- 34 seconds to... Well, I don't know if I have enough time because I got to go through too many books, too <laughs> many warlord traits. <sighs> yeah, well, so I guess uh, to round us out, what I look for is, is things that do that, that have some type of uh, unique ability. I yeah. Think, or, or, or anytime you see that in a codex, you've got to mm-hmm. really pause and go, let me let me walk around and let me explore no, you know what? you. I, I think you- I think I can I have to agree with uh, Paul. Turning off rerolls is is way too strong because everybody relies on them. Everybody mm, does. That's and turning that that's off. Fair. Nobody's really ready for that. Yeah. Like the amount of times that I've played something, well, or had something that had no rerolls, and every single time people ask, "Okay, I'm gonna reroll." Like, no, you can't reroll. Mm. No, you can't reroll. Uh, self healer and like wise orator. Those, <laughs> yeah. those are good. yeah, those are good. Fire, those are yeah, good. yeah, fire drake. Just I just threw out selfless heal. I got to agree. Like if you just look for a, a thing that just adds sheer value, how many CP does that just give you that you didn't have to yep. spend? In addition to making a thing you already do just flat better. Is um, raw so yeah, selfless healer is up there as well. Here's a nice one. So here's the last topic for the evening. Are we over Cadia? <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can take that many he, ways. This is really harmed when he was answering yeah. that. <laughs> you, you can take this. Uh, are we just done, Cadia? The 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 planet, the story, uh, the troops. I don't think that we are. I think uh, that the the Cadia and Astra Militarum are uh, are core concepts. They're they're what humanity mm. can bring to the table of 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 this uh, theater of war. I'm so I'm very happy for Cadia to continue being part of Astra Militarum. I never want them to go away. I I actually don't like that they're in Octarius. I actually don't like that they because that was an option to throw another another um regiment a bone and they chose to just give it to the one they've given everything else. So I wish it was for Steel Legion because uh, I wish it was for Steel Legion. I wish it was for Catachan or something else because I feel like it would almost thematically make more sense as well than the guys who just got their asses kicked on this side of the galaxy somehow being on this side of the galaxy at the same time. Well, they had to um, move, man. I don't know if you know well, that, but there's, you know, hustle, there's hustle, a hustle, hustle, hustle. There's move, an under move, construction move. sign on their former place, you know. Uh, Creed's just like on the megaphone, make your starships move again in the shooting phase. <laughs> they just double move their way over to Octarius. Um, anywhere. <laughs> oh, wait till yeah. you see what's in Octarius, though. I've actually, you know, I, I think that people are going to, to like, you know, what it brings mm. to some of those factions, even if they are. Uh, oh, I'm uh, excited. I, I are doing double duty too. in the galaxy. I got my tyrannids. I want to see what I'm getting there. I'm excited for that. But uh, that said, I'm so done with Cadia. I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm I actually... am so done with Cadia. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. I, I won't not... tell you you're wrong. It, I, I, it, I like it's the, enough. It's enough. The whole Cadia. Anytime I see a Cadia meme, I stop and I, 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 I do it. I do it to see if it's funny or not. Because I know, as like, I know what to expect. <laughs> I know what we're gonna see here. But I, I still take the time for it. <laughs> hey well that's it that's our show for the evening we uh so if if you are joining us for the first time we do this each and every thursday that is the name of the show the thursday show is there for a reason but what we do on this show is run down uh some of the largest tournaments on the weekend we talk about as you may have heard uh that we we talk about what you're going to see there which how you may uh what you may need to account for if you're going there how to do well especially if you're jumping into that area or environment or you just want to check in on those players happening somewhere in the world 
Yeah, it's spot on. Now, if you thought this episode was good, tune in next week. We're oh, going to have an absolute yes. juggernaut week. Dusty's going to be on. Dusty's running a major I next weekend. To. He's going to be here to talk all about it. We're going to throw some shade at his event. He's the probably biggest gonna Canadian teeth, major to date. Oh, it's exciting, man. We have SoCal that weekend as well, and we've got the Goonhammer major over in the UK. Three majors that weekend. Tune in. It's going to be super, super exciting. Uh, please... Thinking. Uh, yeah, yeah. Please tune in next week. Please leave us five-star reviews if you're hearing this after uh, wherever po- podcasts are, are put out. Uh, if you're on any place we're watching the video, please leave some comments. That's a, it's a quick and easy way that uh, helps the algorithms to help other people find us, help support the network, the other shows in the network. And, you know, you might even get notified when we do something if you click the right thing. Uh, so you'll make sure you'll be here next week. Smash thanks to everybody who tuned in um, on competitive on the Competitive 40K Facebook page. We're on the, up there for the first time. Hopefully that was a good ride for you guys. And yeah, hopefully we'll see you again next week. Thanks, everybody. Happy we'll see you all. Guys.